In this week's episode, we delve into the differences between the US and the UK Porsche car culture scene. Brought to you by NineWorks.co.uk, the fastest growing online Porsche community supported by the NineWorks Marketplace. NineWorks Radio is your dedicated Porsche and car podcast hosted by Lee Sibley, Andy Brooks and Max Newman. NineWorks Radio is carefully produced with special input from experts around the industry and powered by our valued members of the NineWorks Driven Not Hidden Collective. Good day. Welcome to Nine Radio. My name is Lee Sibley. I'm joined as usual by Mr. Andy Brooks. Hello from California. Still here. <laughs> and uh, back on the right hand side of the pond, when looking at the world map, we've got Mr. Max Newman as well. Hello from Buckinghamshire. From Not Buckingham, quite as exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Are you is both it... missing California? Massively, mate. Massively. As I've just said to you away from the mic, I feel like I'm living vicariously through your Instagram page at the moment, buddy. <laughs> yeah still yeah. putting a few up here and there see what i can yeah. find out there yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's nice Thank and you. sunny over here andy but it ain't, it's not california temps or california colors either yeah i've heard it has been nice over there isn't it weather wise yeah, it is yeah. nice but it certainly seems like someone's accidentally turned the dial down yeah and taken washed the color out of it does yeah. um compared to california where everything's so right. rich yeah yeah crazy uh, i'm down in san luis Obispo um at the moment and it is freaking hot here the sun you know you're talking about the color of the sun but the heat of the sun here is just crazy when you're in the shade it feels quite cool but as soon as you get out in that sun it's, it's oh stop it stop proper. it stop <laughs> it it's yeah yeah i don't think anyone's feeling sorry for you no, all right, all right. No. Unbelievable, yeah. Already want to be back over in uh, in California as quickly as possible, and and you're rubbing it. You know, I've had to dust the shorts or air the trousers off since the I've been living in shorts the last three weeks. Now we're all jumpers and everything. Seriously, oh, depressing. I'm not, looking, not looking forward to that. Really, no, no. You got you. You've definitely got it all to come. So, uh, dearest listener, last week, you will, of course, remember that we brought our podcast to you from Monterey. We had just attended Rensport Reunion 7, the magnificent Rensport Reunion 7, and gave our thoughts on that. Um, the three of us uh, kind of independently made a trip out of the whole scenario. So I was out there for a little time beforehand. Uh, first with Mrs. Sibs, we did a little bit of touring uh, along the uh, the Gold Coast Max then joined us so we could get in stuck into all things cars. We're going to dive into that a little bit more this episode. And then Andy as well, you've obviously made a bit of a time of it post Rensport touring California with uh, with Mrs. Yeah. B as well. Bit of pre and post. All good. A- absolutely. So it's given us a more of a kind of uh, well-rounded picture, shall we say, of California car culture. We did touch on it a year ago because, Andy, that's when you were last out in California for Luft. Yes. And we discussed some uh, some of your observations between kind of, you know, UK car culture that we're used to and, and California as well. Now, again, with all, we've all been out there and, and I think collectively we've got 10 weeks worth of California car culture wrapped up in our minds and memories. So... We want to kind of dive into that a little bit more this episode because there are some big differences, right? 
There are indeed, not just the weather. <laughs> not, not, not just the weather. Yeah. So we think it's worthwhile sharing and just exploring that a bit more. We've got some cool uh, mini interviews coming up this episode as well for you. We spoke to Amjad at Gunther Works. We spoke to the guys at Makalos Classics down in San Diego. Uh, that was after they let us hoon around in one of their long bonnet resto mods for the day. So that was really cool. And then Max and I had a bit of a chat while driving a truck following a load of Porsches <laughs> up to up to Rensport reunion as well. So there's there's a lot going on for us to kind of dive into and we're we're looking forward to getting stuck in. Um so yeah, I think boys straight away then it'd be good to ask you what your overall opinion is on California Porsche car culture, particularly with reference to how it contrasts with the UK. I feel like there's more of a cross section of Porsches regularly in use in California. So you get to see more variety on a daily basis. You know, if you forget the fact that, you know, Bristol Heritage is not daily um, in California, you know, the weather facilitates the survival of these cars and it also facilitates the regular use of these cars. And people seem to embrace that. So you get little treats out in the street um, more frequently than you do back home. And that's really. That's really nice. That's yeah. a real, it's a real buzz. Yeah, it, it is definitely. I think that's got to be due to the weather, right? I mean, yeah, simple as that. They, they've 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 got the weather for it. We touched on it last episode, but I think we were all fully expecting to see a lot of drop tops and particularly spiders over there because of the weather. Um, I mean, spiders. I think we counted two, didn't we? We said last episode. Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you know. I think I'd seen certainly less than half a dozen in three weeks. You know, l- ludicrous. Just like wasn't wasn't a thing. But then, and I think we touched on this previously as well that like uh, we have the most convertibles in Europe in the UK, even though our weather is shocking by comparison. So uh, we're we're I think this little island's a little bit of an oddity anyway in that front. But certainly meant to thought we'd see more cabriolets. But but that aside, they do have better weather for maybe more valuable sentimentally if not financially uh cars than we do here you know it's all about surviving isn't it it's uh it's quite easy for something to survive out here uh at worst it gets a bit sun bleached it doesn't rust that's the that's the big thing yeah you get the odd um yeah bleach paint and cracked dash don't you is the kind of fallout to that i guess at worst yeah I did have a chat with someone about 991 Speedsters because we expected that that would be a car that we would see. And we didn't see any. Um, oh. And, you know, t- taking Rensport out of it, you know, because that's, that's an anomaly anywhere. Uh, but certainly in Southern California, uh, we thought that people would be smoking around in those. And, and um, the, um, I was told that, uh, that the values keep them off the road. You know, they're an expensive car in California just as they are over here. So, you know, people aren't using them very much. Uh, even in California, it's an occasional use car. So that explained away that even at something like a PTSRS Cars and Coffee, uh, where you really thought you might see one of those. Yeah. Um, but the nine eight one seven one eight spider thing, um, yeah, I can't I can't explain that because there were quite a few nine eight one and seven one eight Caymans and things around and Boxsters as well, but just not the spiders. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, by contrast, and again, he pointed out, Max, you know, what we saw on our tours and, and what I did previously with Mrs. Sibs was so many 
old school Porsches parked curbside or driving around. I mean, we saw a 356 just bombing around LA. Yet the only time you'd see that car in the UK is at a, an event or a show or en route to one. You know, you just, it's very rare you'd pull up to a, a coffee shop on a Sunday morning and see a 356 with someone just popped out to grab a coffee. Yeah. Just, it, it just doesn't happen, you know, um, even, even in British summertime. So that for the Porsche enthusiast was a real joy to see. Um, and I, I assume kind of Californians uh, maybe don't kind of appreciate the gravitas of that. I don't know. Maybe they just no, think oh, it's just some dude, some dude in an old Porsche again. Like, but to us, it was like, oh my god, um, they were everywhere, literally everywhere. It was, and again, like um, spending a bit of time down in LA, so way before Rensport, and a, and yeah. a long way away from Rensport up in Monterey as well. P cars absolutely everywhere, all manner of them, uh, different vintage and and everything else. And uh, I've got to share a funny story actually. So, en route to the airport to pick you up, Max, uh, we were we were on the telephone anyway, just so that we could uh, coordinate the precise kind of pickup location outside LAX. And Max was, you know, I said, oh, "How how's the flight? Yeah, yeah, all good." And then Max said, "You know what? What's the Porsche scene been like?" And I said, "Mate, honestly." It's like you've landed on the Porsche moon here. There are Porsche models absolutely everywhere. Like you cannot move for Porsches here. It is ridiculous. So in any case, swung the rig round, picked Max up. We're heading back into uh, like Marina del Rey. Ten minutes into the journey, first 911 we see, a 996. Max was fuming. He's like, you've told me this is a Porsche Mecca. The first thing I see is a silver 996. And he goes, it's good at part of the language. He goes, and I bet it's a fucking tipper as well. (laughs) (laughs) It was fantastic. But that aside, there was all manner of different like cars and and, yeah, vintage and colours. And and they really were everywhere. You you know, on a a 20 minute journey, you'd see five, 10 Porsches, which you just don't hear. So and and Max particularly, you know, you're you know your you know your specs and that. So we're driving along and Max would be, you know, oh, there we go. There's a polar silver, blah, 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 on so and so wheels. And you were just like in your element, you know. So that was Yeah, don't me don't make me sound like a Porsche boy here. You, no, you can hold your own. You're holding your end up. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, but like yeah, it was, you know, it was exactly like that. And again, I don't know, yeah. like for, for two crazy crazy brits in a in a in a foreign country i suppose it was a real joy to see just so many of those those kind of cars and, and i think if yeah. i could kind of bring any if i could pull anything back across the atlantic to the uk it, it it would be this kind of higher propensity of people to use their cars on a daily basis regardless of whether it's a 356 or a 992 or anything in between you know I think I think we need to be fair with the uk and that, that that's definitely improved over the last year or so do you think? I think so. Yeah, really. There's, there's definitely more cars are out being used than being garaged. I said, that's, well, I, that's I, from the COVID thing. You know, it's like get on and use it and stop saving it for another day because that other day might not exist. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I that's disag- definitely happened. Yeah, I disagree with that. I think, really? um, it, yeah, immediately post COVID, you know, spending a lot of time on the road as well. I used to see um a lot of say 996 and 997 if i'm going from down here in dorset to essex you know good three hour drive yeah. i'd see a 996 or a 997 i stopped seeing them and then post covid there was this flash of you know you'd see an rs on a on a monday morning around the m25 but that's kind of stopped again now and the only time i 
Yeah, I see. I see a lot of nine nine ones out and about, but like, yeah. Otherwise, it, I think a lot of that has kind of. I feel like it's died down again. The the big difference, and I, I called in this morning to Paul Spormuth and was having a chat with um, dealer principal John Sullivan about this. I said the the big difference for me is the regularity versus intensity of UK versus US car culture in the US. There is, um, yeah, you, you see Porsches with greater regularity. So day to day. However, when it comes to the weekend, which I feel like in the UK, that's what we live for as car enthusiasts. Everyone's got their Sunday car. And, and if I'm driving around on a Sunday, even not Porsche, it's always a great car spotting day. You might see yeah. a super old Ford or whatever it is. People drag the cars out for the Sunday. Um, and all, also us here in Britain, We'll think nothing of driving three hours to Vista Heritage or to somewhere for some event. And we'll probably be there from eight o'clock in the morning until midday, one o'clock. You know, it's a real kind of a Sunday is the car day. Yeah. Where there's, so there's a big intensity there on like a weekly basis, lots of different events. In the US, a sentiment that was repeated to Max and I, locals saying oh we just don't really have as many car events as you guys we wish we had more and and the ones that do happen the sunday cars and coffees they're 8 a.m strictly until 10 a.m and then everyone goes home for family time it doesn't really kind of spill over too much it was quite clinical 8 till 10 boom family time so there's from what i can see my perception of it is there's definitely a more intensity in the uk car culture scene over the US, but they seem to use the cars more anyway. So maybe a Sunday yeah. drive isn't as special. I think it's just, it, mm. you know, we're just driven by the weather, aren't we? Yeah. They, yeah. they can use their car every day, any day of the year where, uh, you know, we only get sunny, sunny Sundays when you're lucky every now and again. And, yeah. uh, and, but then use the car on a non sunny Sunday if, if there's a good, good event to go to so yeah we're driven by the weather unfortunately and that is uh, something that's never going to change yeah Um, something that was interesting wasn't it was the um i think testament to the success of is it called porsche drive is it as simple as that um all of those all of those 992s that we saw lots of fairly um poverty spec as we would call it 992s but a lot of them and there's this thing which is a it's a rental program isn't it that's that Porsche it, yeah. do in yeah. the usa where you can rent presumably not just 911s but i certainly noticed it in the in the frequency of 992 spotting and they were often c2s or certainly not sport exhaust cars but people just smoking about in them um which i loved because as we talked about recently you know, 992 is such an expensive car in this country. I guess it is in the States as well. That you, you see more people, you know, dailying 718 Caymans and things like that, it feels like to me, than certainly 992s. But yeah, Porsche Drive, however that works, seems to be a success. It's it's a great point that you raised there, Max. So I think that's absolutely bang on. Um, because you you mentioned that again while we were floating around LA. And from that moment on. You, you even said, you know, there's a lot of 992s, but we've not seen a single 991.2. Yeah. And there's only a model year between, you know, the first and last of those generations, right? But we just, like, didn't really see them. So I, I think you're right. I think the reason those 992s there is because it's kind of part of that Porsche drive. It's the current model. Um, and so it kind of, yeah, makes sense from, like, the higher point of view. People would want to hire the newest model. So 
that it was it was nice to see to be honest with you like it was it was nice to see a, a, a lot of 992s of various uh various models around but yeah like like you said a lot of them were like poverty spec non-sport exhaust yeah. um smaller wheels etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah I, I love to see a 911 as a as a as a porsche daily driver i like to see that happening you know i like to see you know 911s moving around in normal traffic being used as normal cars i think yeah. that's nice yeah definitely definitely the um the other observation i have it was a bit of an epiphany really on the subject of 992s was down in san diego and i was sitting at some traffic lights it must have been a six lane intersection right big traffic lights towering over the roads as well and then like dead ahead of me so like facing on onto onto me was a 992 and i looked at it and i just thought that car just looks it's the first time i'd thought a 992 doesn't look big we spoke on the podcast before i've I've particularly spoken about how the 992 is just ridiculously big for the uk and and how you know we drive down a a narrow country road which is you know we're full of them here and andy you've said you know the 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 term is you know you you breathe in don't you when there's an oncoming car and then you somehow skirt around them praying you're still holding on to your mirror once you've you know gone up a bank and down and then and then you're pushing on and just doesn't make sense for our small roads and Europe kind of is the same but at this intersection in San Diego looking at where everything is oversized everything right I just thought that 992 looks so at home and it's kind of I've had the epiphany that I think the 992 possibly the 991 before it but certainly 911s from now going forward they are designed almost exclusively with the Californian buyer in mind with that thing yeah yeah interesting and 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 it kind of fits in i've said before how when we get um press releases through for new cars always seem to get them at like 11 p.m gmt or bst or midnight which makes no sense to 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 a european buyer but for the for the us west coast which we know is commercially so important to porsche it's prime prime sort of time people are just finishing up work and whatnot um, so even the timing of how these new 911 and Cayman and Boxster models, so the Porsche sports cars, uh, are released, kind of fits with that market. But yeah, again, looking at how oversized everything was, the 992 just looked at home. And yeah, I, I, I guess it's almost like us rest of world buyers almost have to put up. Put up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. A hundred percent. That that 992 yeah. looked so at home over there, and even some of the color choices as well, which we've spoken about. Some colors just work under that harsh sunlight and big shadows whether it's kind of maybe in a dreary rainy europe or uk wouldn't quite work and i think again the color palette of the 992 is is kind of has that in mind i think yeah yeah maybe maybe we did find i think in our first um couple of days the first couple of days that i was there when we were around um la and lax and a bit north of that i did then notice when we were traveled south to Southern California because we were going to Huntington Beach and Newport and that's when we started to see more and more older stuff and air-cooled stuff um and I think that's you know that's that's air-cooled culture down there not just air-cooled Porsche culture that's air-cooled V-dubs as much as it is air-cooled Porsches down there so it's definitely as we we're going down the 405 closer you get to Huntington Beach the more air-cooled stuff you start to see I yeah. think that was true 
and yeah. theft, and also tying in with that, the more modern stuff you'd start to see. You know, a bit of stance, you know, a bit of this, a bit of that, and you know, and that's kind of the California dream, isn't it? That Southern California air called culture. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely, and that kind of uh, feeds on from like the cow look VW scene that you've kind of mentioned a few times before, Max. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, that's that's you know that's where it started, and that's definitely where it still lives as well. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, it's something else that occurred to me, and and again, another great memory from the trip, from my point of view, was Max. You and I were cruising through Huntington Beach. We were in the Gunther Works Speedster. Uh, which is a, it's a real head turner of a car, but Huntington Beach, you know, is is a it's, it's a lot of competition basically for your eyesight, yeah. isn't there? You know, and uh, I mean, at one stage we were, uh, what was that Ferrari we were next to? I mean, I, I don't really know my Ferrari. Oh, that Roma, yeah, right, yeah. I mean, it looked absolutely bloody beautiful. Yeah. Then one of those silly Lamborghini USVs, Lamborghini Urus in sort yeah. of chrome red. Yeah, yeah. So we were in this sort of like supercar sandwich really we were the pate and it was just madness there were just like so many awesome cars all over the show in this kind of small concentrated area but i cannot tell you andy the amount of people that put their windows down to give us the thumbs up or to say like how bloody lovely that gunther works car is um it it blew my mind how it within such competition that that car still garnered so much uh, attention but crucially praise so many people were very happy to say what a lovely car it was yeah right uh, look at you you dick in your yeah yeah so this is, you know yeah, yeah having 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 well just you know contrast that with the uk i've i've driven a fair few cars over here and yeah. i can think of again less than half a dozen times where someone has said uh, nice car mate well, you need, to get, you need to get yourself in an air called car, mate. I was waiting cars. for this. I was waiting for this. You know, what <laughs> I, mean? I told you tonight. Didn't I tell you about the other night when I, uh, well, it's just before I came away. It was one of those warm nights, like the last summer nights in the UK. And I took a little cruise around Bournemouth and Poole. And I got lots of compliments and thumbs up and oohs and ahs. And it's because it's the friendliness of a, an air called car. That's what you need to get into. Telling you, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yes. I mean, that is. Don't get me wrong. All of this is anecdotal and 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 yeah. generalist. So there's there's a danger to that. Um, however, again, you know, I've driven all of those cars, Andy, in the UK, but I've never, I've never had what Max and I had in okay. Huntington Beach. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was. They were very, very generous with their kind words. Um, which yeah, again, I just I don't know. We are, I think we are a bit more reserved as a culture and a society. Yeah, we are a bit we are more reserved. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, it, it was nice. We did feel like we were in the ultimate California car, didn't we? We were in Southern yeah, California, were, Huntington Beach, onto Newport in the Gunther Works Speed. So you know, we couldn't be any more California at that point. And in such <laughs> a special car, even in Southern California, that's a special car, and people yeah. definitely responded to it. They loved it. Yeah, yeah. It, what what were your um, impressions of that car, Max? We are going to do a, a Nineworks TV video on it, but just for for those that haven't yet migrated over there, what what were your thoughts on that Gunther Speedster? Well, that motor, yes, my thoughts have dominated. Ironically, not by the way it looks, but by the way it goes. <laughs> um, you know that that engine, that Rothsport engine, that's incredible. Um, you know, my abiding memory is that's I can air-cooled gt product 
uh, you know, if that if that existed and was coming out the factory, I think that the engine would be like the engine in that in that speedster, spectacular. Yeah, yeah, very much so, very much so. Uh, again, we, we'll speak to Amjad very shortly from Gunther Works. Um, we'll, we'll bring that on, but we kind of touched on there. What was fantastic about visiting Gunther was uh, the complete open book scenario. And Andy, I know from your visit last year, you know, you you came back from Cali singing the praises of that company. Yeah. Um, I guess you know. I think what Max and I have only kind of compounded those sentiments, really. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, real package, isn't it? The, yeah. Not just yeah. the car, but the company and the people. It's um, yeah, it's very open and you get to see everything. It's, it doesn't, nothing seems hidden. Yeah, um, there's a great culture in that business, isn't there? Right, and it comes from the very top. It comes from Peter and Anjad and it goes all the way down. The um, in- enthusiasm and sort of open book approach uh to their business um and i think that comes from the fact they feel so comfortable with everything because they do everything themselves yeah you know Andrew had made the point to us that they're not assembling things that they that they're bringing in from from third parties other than the motors you know they are they're manufacturers so they're doing everything themselves they're very comfortable with what they're doing they know what they're doing and they're very happy to show it to you yeah and that was really good you know, I was there with my camera. I was about to ask, you know, is there anything like I was thinking about prototype stuff or dev stuff or, you know, R&D bits that they didn't want to, you know, show or share. Uh, but before I asked that, they were like, you know, you can take pictures of anything and everything whilst we're here. Yeah. Um, and that's brilliant. Um, and only then as you're going around, you start to appreciate the sheer quality of the stuff that they're making there, which for a small manufacturer, if you put them in, in that category, is it's, it's, it's not easy um you know really not easy very impressive but i really liked max when, once we'd kind of well we, we ended up going there i think it was three days in a row wasn't it in the end to have a, look, have a look around the company we drove the car twice um and then they threw a party one evening which we went along to and um after driving the speedster for the second time we went out for lunch with amjad and peter and i said to the guys Okay, so from where you are to to now, and you know they've they've been around for a few years now. Um, the, you are sorry, six years. I think you're right. Yes, yeah, so it's at least five. It's at least five. You know, from the development of, I mean, the the Gunther Works Coupe, as it's now known, that was originally known as the 400R, so mm. like that that prototype, and uh, and it was red and everything else. Uh, to to where they are now, having sold twenty five, you know, so all of the coupes are sold. Uh, 25 speedsters sold they're about to embark on 75 turbo builds so it's a you know a lot has happened in ultimately a very short space of time and I asked the guys you know what if you could start again what would you change and what I really valued was Peter's response which was you know considered he he you know took a took 30 seconds to think about it and then said I would change a hell of a lot and was just gave the most, yeah and, and just gave like such a wonderfully honest answer to say look how much we have learned as a company how much uh you know time and money has, has kind of been uh, you know lost i guess or, or or you know could be put to to a better use second time around I, I i don't know but like it was just wonderfully honest to say look we we're we're finding things out we have found things out the biggest lesson has been how making one car is very different to productionizing 
and making several of the same car, albeit with different variances according to spec. And and it was just really uh, humbling, I think, to hear all of that. Just that, just that absolute honesty, which I don't feel like we get from other people within that sphere, particularly. So it was Agreed. very, it was very refreshing. And my other kind of sentiment with Guntherworks, I think, is worth mentioning is um, certainly while we were there, there were no comparisons from within house to Singer, and and when we speak to Singer, there's no comparisons like it, you know across across to those guys either however it's it's no secret they do kind of sit within the same sphere they're they're remastering what are originally Porsche 911 models with modern day technology and and enthusiasm and everything else so there there are there are some similarities there and again you know what I just found super refreshing with Guntherworks is that honesty and openness to their approach but also Singer came along first. Then there were companies imitating singers, weren't there? We all, we all yeah, know of them. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Country. But I think Gunther Works were the first company to kind of maybe saddle up alongside Singer in terms of we're going to take an original 911 of a certain generation and remaster it for the modern day. Gunther Works doing 993, Singer doing 964. And, uh, there, I think, you know, I mean, that, that takes a lot of pressure. Every Everyone, you know, has loved Singer for years. And then for another company like that to come along, I think that that puts you really firmly in the spotlight pretty quickly. But again, Absolutely. I think I think Guntherworks have just done an excellent job in um, putting their own stamp on what they're all about. Yeah, they have. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm really... people have copied Singer. Yes. And I'm, I'm really chuffed that that has worked. And, and that they are clearly as a company thriving within their own sort of niche. Do, do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and that we talk lots when we're with them about the challenge of productionization. I don't know if that's a word, productionizing, you know, you know, building repeatable processes. And that sort of thing's really interesting, isn't it? If you think about the um, you know, low volume car production, you know, in this country, there was a, you know, a great industry of low volume sports car production from various manufacturers and something as simple as, as, um, as lights, you know, headlights and taillights, you know, quite often you'd use a, a part from a major manufacturer, put that into your low volume production car, because that's actually really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gunther Works, it was one of the first rooms that we went into off their main area, wasn't it? It was into their light room, you know, where they construct all of those lights. Yeah. And uh, and that was fascinating to to learn about that, you know, given, you know, as we know, you know, a lot of people have struggled with new and nearly new Porsches with condensation filled um, taillights and headlights, you know. So it's a challenge even for a major manufacturer. And, you know, just talk about how, how do you tackle that? Um, and when you're building cars, uh, you know, as special and as expensive and as exclusive as something like a Guntherworks, that's important. And you've got to think about that and you've got to deal with it. You've got to put R&D into it. Um, and it's, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So it was, yeah, that was really, really cool to to visit those guys. Uh, I think uh, at this stage, it's probably best if we run the VT of when we spoke to Amjad after our time at Guntherworks to just get a little bit more of a, an understanding about the business and what exactly they're up to. We are just off Huntington Beach. Yeah. SoCal, where California, Max and I um, at Guntherworks HQ, joined by Amjad, the technical director at Gunther. 
Soon to be a SoCal resident as well, I hear. Yeah, I'm just in the process of moving, well, back here now, because I was here originally 17 and 18. So, yeah, I'm moving back here. I'll be well. I'm here most of the time now, anyway. But I'm going to be formally moving here, yeah, very shortly. Yeah, yeah. is it uh, is it going to be a wrench leaving Edinburgh behind for Southern California? Well, you know, there's the weather, the blue skies, and the sun here, and then well, I might miss Edinburgh Castle. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. that's absolutely incredible. Um, Jed, we, we've obviously been talking away from the mic uh, on this, but just want to say publicly, like a massive thank you. So you kindly uh, let Max and I turn up. We spent a couple of days here in the end. Uh, you can't get rid of us. Um, but we drove the Speedster with the new engine. That's right. Yeah. With our 2.0 NA which, engine. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been a hell of an experience. So we're really, really chuffed to understand the car, but also understand the business as well. And really have an appreciation for what you do. And I think like Peter made a really good point off the mic, uh, Peter, the CEO, when he said, you know, we don't just assemble cars, we manufacture them Yeah, pretty much from the ground up, isn't it? You know, the yeah. engines are off sport. Every, everything else is done under this 24,000 square foot roof. Yeah. Yeah. This and our other facility, which is where our, uh, uh, our carbon fiber manufacturing and a composite factories. Uh, it's about five, six miles from here. Yeah, okay. So between the two sites, they're both roughly the same size. Um, yeah, we, so we design and manufacture everything here. So we take the core shells, obviously, the original core shell. So we restore and, and, and remanufacture and modify uh, the cars with everything designed and built here. Yeah, so. and, and we've seen that, Max, you know. That's yes. what's been, I think, so incredible is just seeing like every last iota is thought of. Some yeah. of those details that end up on the car that you might, I don't know if you're at Goodwood or whatever, you know, Pebble Beach, you might glance over and not fully appreciate just what's gone into that. It's almost how I look at it is like that horologist level of detail on yeah. the timepiece yeah. that, that that car's dripping in. So it's a big, big kudos to you guys for that. Yeah. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, th I think that's one of, the, uh, one of the impacts of the attention to detail at every level means that you can look over a car casually at Goodwood and it just looks right. Mm. But that's because all of the details are right. And again, one of the points that Peter made when we were chatting was the, you know, how easy it is to build a fancy one-off, but how difficult it is to repeat that process and to productionize something. And that's been, the, for me, the most interesting thing about being here and having that tour was to understand, you know, how you do, how you repeat processes and make it excellent every time. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that that's a hard part. You know, like you said, it, making a one-off's easy. Um, it wasn't easy, as you know. You know, we spoke about it earlier, but the journey to get from where we are to where we are now, where we started, sorry, to where we are now, um, wasn't easy. It was quite tough. And that is the hard part. The hard part is trying to productionize, you know, um, your concept. Um and through a lot of trials and tribulations and a lot of money, as as Pete mentioned, um, you know, we've got there and there's still, you know, you learn every day and there's just still a lot more that we can do, which we are doing. And we're making a lot of changes even still. Uh, but it's all about that pursuit for excellence and perfection. And yeah. that's what pushes it all. So. Yeah. Something, for just one little, little example for the listeners, which I find really interesting if you could talk to us about it a little bit was you know something that dates an older car 
are the lights mm-hmm. you know partly in terms of how powerful they are you know it's like candles isn't it driving an old car in, yeah. in the dark but also the way they look because led and light technology has moved headlights on so much you know in the last 10 that's years right, yeah. and that's you know it's that strikes me as that's one of the, the, the key details in your car is that the headlights and of course the, the tail lights mm. now, how did you uh, develop that how did you arrive at that um i think right from the very start pete wanted to create um our own look for the car but at the same time again it's all about updating the technology and you know modern lights now work so much better than like as you said candles on, on the older cars um so there was nothing out there available so we made the decision of right okay we're going to design our own headlights and taillights and and that's what we did um and then we had to productionize those so we did get approached by people who make them um but we decided to go our own route so we started manufacturing you know we we started designing and manufacturing the headlamps and then the tail lamps um and that's you know here we are 6 years later and it's become a bit of a signature look for our cars that whereas you know when you see the headlights and tail lights especially the tail lights um you know straight away it's it's a gunther mm. car so but yeah we we decided this was the best way to do it was to do it ourselves because there was nothing out there off the shelf that really suited what we wanted to do yeah so we just designed and manufactured it just like everything else we've done yeah ourselves and and off we went and i think you've seen the light room that we've got yeah. which is like this clean room that we uh, where they're all assembled and what not yeah um and there's loads of components in each light there's a ridiculous amount of components <laughs> you know, yeah. both in the headlights and tail lights and they're all assembled and they have to be meticulously clean um and all the rest of it so uh yeah the, the only way to do it to get what we wanted was to do it ourselves yeah yeah mm. and you know the, the the difficulty of that is not won't be lost on anybody who's had a brand new Porsche or any other car with condensation on the inside or of the tail, all those things, (laughs) you know, that's hard to get that right. It's really hard. You've got no idea the lengths we had to go to. I can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) The, um, the, the, the purpose of us driving that Speedster, which is just the most exquisite car. Uh, I'm going to miss it dearly as I get on the plane back to Blighty, I think, but the the purpose of driving that car is because there is uh, like a prototype engine in you refer to it as uh, yeah. like a v2 basically yeah. so still four liter naturally aspirated car yeah um or engine why did you want to kind of revisit it because that's the engine that's in the speedster and the, the coupe right yes to date yeah yes yeah, so what made you want to say hmm, hang on a um, minute we can do more here to be honest it's something we wanted to do at the outset but bandwidth and time wasn't on our side so then it's something we put on the back burner and what we wanted to do i always wanted to run slide throttles on the car so we were obviously as you know we were with jeff gamroth up at roth sport and jeff was like you know they're very much a race application um and the issue with it was the transition from just off of tick over um it's quite erratic so that's why it doesn't make a slide throttle engine doesn't make a great road car engine so there was a number of challenges we had overcome and one was that transition from just over tick over to getting the car moving so we decided to go um, drive by wire so that is v2 so that has individual throttle bodies but it's a slide throttle as opposed to butterfly throttles um 
car makes a bit more power. Um, and what we did is because we were drive by wire, so we've tuned the throttle response. And then in our sport mode, which on our standard coupes and speedsters, um, it switches a map on the ECU and it changes the exhaust from the quieter but more restrictive setting on the tailbox to the louder and less restrictive. So on a standard coupe, it's about 400 horsepower. Then you hit the sport button, it's 430 horsepower. On this car, it's about 450 horsepower now. Um, but the So the sport button still does the same thing. However, now... When you hit the sport button, it changes throttle response as well. So the car becomes a lot sharper on the throttle, as, as, as you know, you'll have noticed when you drove it. And that engine's magic. And the it noise beautiful. it makes and yeah. the way it revs is just yeah. fantastic. I said away from the mic, it reminds me of the E46 uh, M3 in terms of when you hit that button, the sport button, while keeping your throttle pedal in the same position it surges the car's ready it's lunges like a, a dog on a lead that's yeah. just in the field and wants to wants yeah. to get on there you know it's yeah. quite it's quite an incredible uh upturn however when the car is uh like pottering around town it's still really nicely drivable mm. you know and and so I, I, i'm not quite sure how you've managed to do it but you've managed to get a really good balance between a car that can can do the around towny boring stuff but then when you want to go canyon carving hours and hours and hours and hours and hours yeah, of mapping, yeah, like yeah. loads of mapping yeah it's, um, it's, it's genuinely an incredible piece of engineering that so i do you know have to congratulate you on that there, there will be a you. video for people listening at home of course where we're going to go into even more detail on it uh but amjad it'd be good to get an understanding of like so max and i have seen but for for those at home you know where you guys are at as a company at the moment so when you were last on the podcast I think it was just prior to turbo announcement, I think, or the, the car yeah. that was to, to announce the turbo, but that car is being produced now, I think. Yeah, well, we just about to start production now. Okay. Q4 is, uh, we're practically in Q4 yeah, now. Yeah. So Q4 is when we're scheduled to start turbo production. So we're in the latest stages of speedster production at the moment. So initially turbo production and speedster production will run side by side. Um, until Speedster is finished, and then we're full on into turbo production. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was just before Quail last year. We yeah. were on the podcast. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the turbo. I think we just seen the pictures. Yeah. I think we'd had a pre a that, preview that of the pictures day, of the car. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It. That's it. Yeah. Because I remember I went around Andy's house and uh, literally scattered all over his lounge. He, it's taken the pictures you'd sent him, Amjad. Yeah. Blown them up and put them all over his lounge. And he was almost like under a magnifying glass, hoping every <laughs> oh, last okay. detail of yeah. the car. So it was, yeah, that's, that's, I remember that now. Yeah. 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 I mean, the car's changed from, from when we launched Turbo last year to now. Um, mechanically, it's changed quite, quite a bit. So we redesigned the charge cooling system in house uh, and got it a lot more efficient. And IAT's dropped the delta increased quite significantly, which was really good for us. And the car produced more power. So we've been doing a lot of testing. We've got two mule cars. We've got that original orange car, mm -hmm. um, which is now a gray car. And then we have our mule two. And we've been doing, we've got another track test booked for the 12th of October, but we've been doing a lot of uh, road testing with it. And then we, we had it at the hill climb at Laguna Seca at Monterey car week. And we won the hill climb with it and we set a new course record. So, that was pretty cool. Um, That's where, isn't it? Is that where you attack the track back because so you go up the corkscrew? Yeah. So you that start. That's really cool. On the, I think on the main straight, just at the pits, 
and you go backwards up uh, Laguna and you finish at the top of the corkscrew, yeah. yeah. So uh, Pat Long was driving the car for us and um, okay. I was waiting for you to because I, I was thinking yeah. there, you've got to tell him, Pat, you know, that's a, a yeah. Cool, yeah. Cool, cool. So how did that come about, getting Pat in the car? Pat's been a mate of ours for a, for a, for a little while. Um, as, that's about as much as I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So numbers then, Amjad, there were 25 Speedsters all sold. Yep. 25 coupes all sold. Yep. 75 turbos. Yeah, which are practically all sold now. They're okay. Gone. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I absolutely know, but as a journalist, it's still my job to ask. Uh, you said you've got plenty of projects coming up for the next 10 years, yeah. uh, which is exciting to hear. Any chance? Nice, <laughs> nice, nice try, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think you've had a taste of 2.0. Yeah. That is for a future product. Um, and I think people on social media would have seen that we've been talking about an E30 M3. So that's in the works. Um, so yeah, I mean that there, there's a lot planned, um, but yeah. we will. You'll know about it near yeah. the time, yeah, yeah, so to yeah. speak. Yeah. So. That that's, um, that BMW news that might be for some listeners that might be, be a bit shocking. I mean, you know, everyone loves the E30 M3, but they might think Beamer, why Beamer? But when we arrived on uh, Friday last week, the first thing that I noticed when we turned in was the two E46 M3s. Yeah beautiful cars so pete and i both drive an e46 m3 we're, we're we're old school guys whether it's bmw or porsche um and for us that era of bmw e46 e39 e38 that was peak bmw and we and we both had e46 m3s in the past when they were current uh and we both drive one now so um it's a great car you know, it's the right balance of analog yeah. and digital. It's like a modern classic and it fits in with not just what we're doing, but it just shows that's the kind of cars that personally we both like to drive. Um, and I think not just us, but I think there's a lot of people out there that I've got modern cars are getting more and more a case of, you know, you're driving a video game, you know, especially yeah, with sports cars. Without a doubt. Um, and we're very much into analog cars, if you like. Um, and the 46, I think, is a really good balance. Mm. So that's why we both got one. And, um, and we, we both enjoy them, you know. Um, and, uh, that, and I think, the, the, and a lot of your listeners will probably relate to this, but I think the natural progression has always been BMW drivers especially move on to Porsches. Mm -hmm. I was like that. I went from BMWs yeah. to Porsches. Yeah, me too. And, you know, so did you and so did Pete, you know, we're BMW and then we moved on to Porsches. And I think as part of the whole Porsche story, I think a lot of people will resonate with that, that you move from, you know, I'm not saying it's just BMW drivers, but it's the majority of enthusiastic, drive, enthusiastic drivers have BMWs and they've moved on to Porsches. And we were the same. So we were both BMW guys and we moved into Porsches. Um, and a lot of your reader, uh, your sorry, your listeners will be, will be the same I, I think they'll resonate with yeah. that story that yeah, yeah I used to have a BMW like you did yeah Max. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. and I think just trying to seek that balance of 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 modern classic and analog and sophistication and performance um you know something that I've learned from the time that we've been here in these last few days is is I I think I understand the context of what you're doing in a different way mm -hmm. and I sort of don't you know I think to think Gunther works are there um resto modding I think that I think that 
takes you in the wrong direction. I'm now thinking uh, that's a, an air-cooled GT mm. product. You know, it's kind of what I think, you know, it, it's, it's, a, you know it's, a, it's really quite a sophisticated and really exciting car, but it has some of those older, older qualities. You know, I think it's like an air-cooled GT3. Um, in some ways, you know, that, that's your words, not mine. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the idea is you've got an analog car that has modern day performance. Yeah. Um. So you trying to re- it's a very fine balancing act, trying to retain the analog feel and make sure you don't completely lose that air cooled feel, and especially with the nine nine three, that dartiness that you used to have. Mm. Um. So you've got that analog feel, but at the same time you've got modern day performance and handling. And don't get me wrong, it's not easy to achieve and you can overdo it. Um, but I think we've struck the balance right. Um, you've yeah. still got that 993 feel. And you guys don't know because you drive enough, you know, enough of these cars. But at the same time, you've got very much modern day performance. Um, mm. As you guys have probably gathered as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, and- Again, as, as Max said, it's been great to take a look around and understand, you know, this is it's a massive, massive, massive operation. You know, it's taken mm. seriously, but gone about it in the right way. There's clear passion for I've seen for you and Peter and Pablo and the rest of the team here. Yeah. It's, it's been great to see it. I think all of our guys are all, and girls, they're all car nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that shows. So we're all real car enthusiasts and and everybody's really passionate about what they do. Um and they love what they do and and being part of you know this whole thing is something they all take pride in and and so do we and and we love the fact that everybody that's here takes pride in what they do and it's a big part of who we are i think and and it shows in the products that we build yeah it's it's the most exquisite product uh amjad without any question and any shadow of a doubt and again just something to sign off with really and i said this to you away from the mic is you know, you're an open book here and that really resonates mm-hmm. with me. You know, um, you just, you chucked us the keys to the car and said, see what you think, make sure you put it in sport mode and don't come back until you've taken it to the red line. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and again, like, you know, with, with the tour and I think it's beneficial for people to understand this at home, you know, there was no, cause Max obviously had his camera. There was no Max. Don't take a picture of that. Sorry mm. guys, you can't go mm. in that room. You know, we've, we've seen everything here and, yeah. and there's, that's really, we really appreciate that openness no no you know it's our it's our pleasure and thank you for coming but at the end of the day we wanted you to get an understanding of who we are as a brand and what we do and that's the best way to do it is go you know just show you around and go look this is what we do here this is what we do here we've got no secrets no um and that it was good that you came because i think it's given you a better understanding of uh, us as 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 a brand and us as people yeah you know we are Pete, we're lucky we've got somebody like Pete who's our CEO who's a perfectionist and he pushes us to strive for perfection as well and then the upside of that is um, you know he wants us to make the best that we can make and we're not hindered from a cost perspective either so um, we're really fortunate to be able to do that yeah yeah and you can see that you know every everything is done properly so that it says that side of it but again you know your attitude and application certainly from what we've seen 
is absolutely going to stand the company in, in great stead. So we we absolutely wish you the very best of luck with that. Thank we'll you. definitely be keeping tabs with a keen interest, Max, won't we? Oh, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll have to come back and drive turbo now. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll stay. We won't go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, that, that was the first car that we saw when we came in, you know, as you say, the orange car, which is now grey. It's yeah. got a small touring wing on it. We walked around the corner and I was just like... Yeah, that's oh. a good-looking car. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. something else. Yeah. Which it really driving. is. Oh. I mean, that is next level. I've been driving a mule car, obviously, while we're testing yeah. it. And, yeah, that car's special. Yeah. It's very special. Very, yeah, so. very best of luck with it. it Thank was, you. It was great to see you at Goodwood earlier this year. We're looking forward yeah, to seeing some more Gunther cars in the UK and beyond. Yeah, so, thanks. So, uh, yeah, Amjad, thanks very much for your time on No Much Radio. Thank you. Thank you. Cool, man. So that was... Works. We're looking forward to doing some more with those guys, particularly turbo related. So we'll have to watch, have to yeah. watch this space 100%. But we, we are certified big fans of, of what they do here yeah. at Nine Works Radio, without a doubt. Talking of the turbo, that was, I think that was the first car that we saw when we walked into that area, wasn't it? it was the, um, what was the orange turbo that we all saw in the press, which is now, now has the touring wing and is uh, sort of a, a matte grey finish. And that thing looks incredible. Yeah, it does. Absolutely it? incredible. You know, it's, I can't wait to, for you to get behind the wheel of that. <laughs> I mean, what a thing. What an incredible thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool thing. And I think, Andy, you'd mentioned it after we first saw the car in the, in the metal, in the carbon at yeah. Goodwood Festival of Speed. In the, uh, like, the renders that came out with, like, the press release, the first impression is the car looks quite extreme, but actually when you see it in person, it's just like exquisitely well proportioned, mm. isn't it? It's quite delicate. Yeah. It, almost. Yeah, yeah. 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 In real life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah far, far less ma- max power than your eyes will have you believe at, at first glance. Agreed. Yeah. 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 I think those, um, you know, those race style, you know, the way they've got the width of bodywork, um, I think is actually really nicely proportioned. Um, you know, it just works. It looks great. Really does. Yeah, yeah. Can I can I ask you to an awkward question? Go on. Uh, would you rather have a singer or a Gunthworks? What turbo? You can have what you like, but you can only have one. There's, there's only room in your garage for one. Ooh. And I know that I know they. You know, as we've said, they sit in slightly different uh, niches mm. and everything else. But yeah, it's. Uh, it's a question we all really kind of ask. So, yeah, you can only have one, which is it and why? And does it come down to just the 964 versus 993 platform or or is it a bit more than that? Does it come down to brand identity? Uh, for, for, the, for the listener, there's some serious and intense beard stroking going on from Andy. Yeah. I've got a good-sized beard going on at the moment as well. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's getting pulled. Go on, Max. You look I, like a customer's opinion. I quite like the fact that the Gunthorworks car is not a backdated thing. Um, you know, it's just its own gig. You know, it's yeah, it's yeah. its own thing. I I I quite like that. Um, and when we were looking at um well, at the turbo, and then the following day in that same space, there was that um the car that had been sold on Bring a Trailer that had come back for some for some updates, which I think was a carbon black colour, but actually had quite a lot of brown in it. So quite a sober colour for for that kind of car. And um and you were slightly head in hands despairing as I was uh deciding what really boring spec I could do a Gunther works in. 
<laughs> given that I like quite boring spec Porsches, basically black with silver wheels. But then I had the idea, didn't I, that I'd like to have a Gunther Works coupe in the graphite grey of the 50th anniversary 991 and to copy the interior of that car as well. Yeah, yeah. When when you were so, going black with silver wheels on a Gunther, I was just you're thinking, really pissed off about that. This, this this guy is a disgrace to the entire automotive <laughs> movement. <here. laughs> like, do you know what I mean? But yeah, no, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so that you know, I, I can I can imagine that, and they do have a configurator. So if you know, if you are more serious than I am about this, you can go and build a car in the Gunther Works configurator with them. But I think that would be cool, and I'd love that. And having been in the Speedster and experienced that engine. No, that the engine's just epic. Uh, so I, I would, I would like that. Cracking, absolutely cracking. Andy, what's the result of the uh, the, the beard fluffing? The beard fluffing. Uh, take me back twelve months, and I would have been in a uh, Gunther Works. Um, yeah, Gunther Works Turbo would have been me twelve months ago. But things have changed, haven't they? Um, I recently saw a singer turbo with a ducktail rather than the big wing on it yeah oh yeah have you yeah. seen that I and i mean i've changed haven't i i've, I've become very bumper centric so give me a turbo with a with a ducktail on it please from singer that would be my current choice yeah 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 as, as we always say you know things change things change no doubt by the end of this podcast as well if you maps <laughs> he's saying how about you lee you've kept quiet yeah you, yeah are uh, you trying to evade evade that question no 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 not at all um i yeah for me it's a it's a gunther works car and and the, the reason is very simple i've driven a gunther works car never driven a singer and actually i'm not sure many journalists if anybody outside of chris harris has driven a singer and written an article about how exactly it drives um it should be changed really should be changed the pictures yeah. look great the pictures look great guys it would be awesome to find out exactly what these cars are, are all about really so Challenge yeah made absolutely Certainly true of the dls isn't it yeah 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 definitely let's yeah. let's let's see let's see so um yeah without a doubt the, the gunthworks car because because I've, I've driven it and loved it so there's we need to challenge that i think yeah but you wouldn't have yours in gray no I would have it. I would have it in any color other than gray or silver or you know whatever. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest well, with green, you, at least, I suppose. No, do you know what? Um, as as Essex in me as it is, I would just leave it pure carbon. There was there was a body there, or a, a speedster being made. Do you remember it, Max? Yes. Full carbon body, herringbone. Yeah. And yeah. I, I had a look at the the quality of that carbon, and it has to be bob on, right? Because it's bare carbon. The, the quality of it was absolutely outrageous. Not a stitch out of place over that whole car. And it was sensational to look at. Um, and the re the way it kind of, yeah, cloaked over that uh, 993-esque shape was just right. absolutely outrageous. So I, I'd, I'd leave it, I, you know, go, go, go bare, 100%. Do you go coupe or speedster? Um, I would go, I would go coupe. Yeah. The, the speedster as we found out, cause it didn't actually have any windows. And I know that was a prototype. I'm not sure if it's the same on the, on the customer cars, but there were times like when we were cruising down the 405 and you just thought a little bit more protection wouldn't go amiss. Yeah. Um, okay. 
just you know even so i could hear you as you pointed out every porsche that went past <laughs> us and what what wheels it had on and everything else but do, do you know what i mean i just think uh, that was my thought of incredible <sighs> engine i wonder what it's like in a in a coupe you know where we're a closed closed top I'm taking some heat here. Nobody's going to want to go away with me after the end of this pod. <laughs> Mate, like, I, honestly, he's a bore. I love no chance. I love going away with you. I had, I had the time of my life, mate. I want that publicly known. Hundred percent. You're hilarious, particularly after a hundred beers. <laughs> so, oh my god! <laughs> well, I mean, paging Andrew Hoyt. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. The man, the man. But no, it was it was sensational. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I think I think we've kind of we've we've ticked that box with with Gunther works really shall we kind of come back in time more towards uh, g-body which andy i know you need no introduction to because of your excitement but those and, and long bonnets as well there there were definitely again owing to the weather and the climate we did see a lot more of them in california didn't we uh, yeah. andy in regards to your own build have you taken any inspiration from what you've seen over in california um I think I'm I'm kind of there with the Californian vibe anywhere with my builds. So yeah, I don't I don't think I need any persuading that uh, modifying a little bit here here and there is the done thing in my world. So yeah, I'm 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 already there. Well, I think it. Andy that you should you should take off your front bumper and get a a yellow on black metal California plate made up to put it on on your car. Just until you get stopped by the Rosers. <laughs> Because uh, I think that would look cool. So I'm taking the front bumper off, did you say? No, so take the front number plate off, so okay. you bear, bear at the front and at the back, get a, get a, a yellow plate. a yellow le- lettering on black background Cali plate on it. Okay. I think that would look okay. cool in the game. All right, I'll get that done. <laughs> California Make it full on Cali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Max, I think you'd said as well that, like, kind of from what you'd seen, had uh, upped your want for something air cooled, like earlier air cooled. Yeah, well, it was the, the thing that really got me going on there was the first five minutes in the Maclo Classics car. Um, you know, I think it, we were literally five minutes up the road and still in, you know, uh, San Diego industrial estate, and I just thought, God, this thing's really rather nice. <laughs> yeah. I, feel very, I feel very happy in here. I wasn't even driving it; I was just in the passenger seat. <laughs> the air conditioning was puffing away. The view down the bonnet was lovely. Sounded good. It was cosy. It was just, it was lovely. I thought, oh, this is nice. I like this. Suits you, suits you, Max. Um, Come on, do it, do it, do it. Do I it, mean, that, do that's it, quite a high, a high bar because that, that's a bespoke, um, you know, Macalow Classics build. I'm not sure if they're all like that. Certainly my dad's 3-2 Carrera wasn't like that <laughs> back in the day. But I tell you, that thing was beautiful. And I thought, God, I could, I could see myself in this environment enjoying this very much yeah yeah definitely again we'll have a video coming on that car because it started life as a 72 911 t and and maclos uh in uh in cooperating really with the wishes of the owner mr david zimmerman pleasure to meet you david and your pal john as well two lovely gents who joined us for the the rally up to uh Rensport reunion what they yeah david just wanted to build a car that kind of still looked at face value like a old 911 old school 911 so it didn't have that kind of singer or gunther works vibe to it still very much within that porsche aesthetic stable but something that perhaps was a little bit more appropriate for the modern world and and i think that was achieved exquisitely so it's a 3.6 liter 
uh, engine now, some other various bits and pieces on it, which we'll cover in the video. But I think the greatest compliment I can give that, finished in Albert Blue, by the way, as well, looked absolutely stunning. Uh, the greatest compliment I can give that car is a few weeks ago on our 60 Years of 911 podcast, we were speaking about the long bonnet cars. And I know I said, I love looking at the long bonnet mm. cars. But in terms of the ownership experience, I don't think I'd want to go into that. It doesn't interest me enough. Um, but that car completely changed my mind. And again, I think just with the extra power, more mechanical grip, uh, a better balanced chassis, not to mention the air conditioning, um, it, it, it completely changed my opinion on that. And I thought this is a car that you could jump in every Sunday morning, going back to our Sunday morning culture here. Yeah. And, and be really happy with it, you know. And David driving that car out from San Diego to Monterey um, in a in a long bonnet car, you know, and your your normal long bonnet car out of the factory, you know, it, that's a sweaty back, isn't it? And a big schlep all the way up. Yeah. Um, but with what was done to it, I just thought that that's gonna he's he's having the most fun here, without a doubt. It's so good on the road, isn't it? When we were on the one, and we ended up in that contraflow. So yeah. he was a little distance away from us, cruising along with the Pacific behind him. He yeah. just looked, he looked really special. Yeah, and um, that really, really good usable power, a wonderful chassis. You know, when you went round a corner with the old cars, um, as stock, it can be a bit like uh, being in a slinky sometimes, you know, with like the body roll and everything else and lean all over the place. And But that, it was just like a really nice, taut chassis that was really usable and you could kind of, explore its limits again on the road without getting into trouble i mean if you try doing that in a 992 you're, you're either dead or in jail right <laughs> simple as that so just yeah completely changed the equation for me good balance between old school and new school yeah 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 i don't really know in the uk who would you know who does that who who kind of if you think resto mod long long bonnet um yeah, but yeah, Tut Tut Hill are more my my opinion or what I see of them is quite competition based. I know they're starting to go into that mm. restored, reimagined thing. I, I know they're using a... 993 as their base, aren't they, for a lot of their uh, stuff? Yes, CRS or whatever it's called. Yeah, but I think yeah, they've done yeah. lots of builds that you, we're not a privy to. You know, they're, they're, to, they're yeah. kind of they've not been publicized. So I think they've been building a lot of stuff like that over the years. It's been for for customers that maybe do better rallying stuff, but then want a road car next to it. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff that Tuthill done in the past that's similar to that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that Tuts could do it. They've definitely got the they've got the expertise uh, for oh, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, totally like totally sure they can do it. What with their experiences with these cars again in competition motorsport east anglian so uh, east african safari rally which is very different to east anglian that's safari. a challenge yeah right yeah. yeah um so yeah like i've i've, I've no doubt of that at all yeah. um yeah. so I, I i've got a feeling i've got a sense from you lee that you're a you're feeling a bit air cooly as well desire for one massively mate massively you know saying to max on the plane back um if I could, yeah, take some of that Cali culture back with us, I think, you know, there's a real positives to both. And, and if the two U, UK, Europe and, you know, UK and Europe plus the US could mix together. I yeah. mean, what what a melting pot is kind of what makes this community so fantastic, to be honest. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely thought um, I need something air cooled, really. And, it, yes, it's definitely kind of questioned, mm, OK, 
how long's that 40th going to hang around for then um Oh, the front page. Yeah, well, just I, you know, again, like you know, Max, I've been back forty-eight hours, and you just think, oh yeah, this is where I live. So, fortieth is eminently more usable. So let's get let's get a grip and get back to reality. But again, after living in that kind of wonderland for a bit, yeah, you do think mm. I've got a silver nine nine six. I don't like silver cars anyway, as we know. Um, I've got a silver nine nine six, but to have like a really cool, usable, modded, air cooled car that you could just drive the granny out of. Yeah, that that appeals to me in a big, big way. A big, yeah, yeah. It did. Um, it did make me, you know, as I've said before, you know, I'm some way away for all sorts of reasons from a, you know, from an air cooled Porsche. But it did make me look at that car that came up at um Paragon whilst we're away. Yeah, three two Carrera, the non sport car, which you know that just works for me. I think it has sold. Toby told me it had sold, but I did look at it and I was thinking, God, is there some way you know it was after we'd been out in the McAloe's car I, I was looking at it thinking is there some way that I should try and make that happen you know I was just knocking things around yeah. you know ideas in my mind you know could I and and I couldn't and it probably wouldn't have been the right thing to do but it but I was sitting there looking at it thinking oh man I should, you know wow that would be great if I could I do kept, that I would be brilliant that car, even though I've got my own you know I kept looking at it thinking god that's a good deal that's a good deal Somebody needs to get on this quick. Yeah. What what wishing. scares me? What scares me with the older stuff? Um, and it wouldn't it wouldn't happen at Paragon if not. It, you know, it wouldn't be on the forecourt. But like you know, if you're buying off of eBay or buying off someone's drive or whatever, where there's a di- different risk. You know, what scares me in the nine nine six versus air cooled impact bumper debate is um, I look at it that a nine nine six worst case scenario is an engine rebuild. Like, what's the worst thing that can happen to that car? It's an engine rebuild. It's probably going to cost 10 grand um, with an impact bumper. The worst case scenario um, could be the engine and the bodyworks completely shot. You know, it's a 40 year old car and 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 the potential bills are way past 10 grand. Yeah, way past, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so we've said before, you know, front wings on a G body, two grand yeah. straight in, just two grand plus fitting, plus paint, plus blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? And it's all just like it's i just don't have that money and that's that's what scares the absolute life out of me yeah well as as chrissy said when we were doing the pod live at uh goodwood at flat six show we're talking about g bodies with him there wasn't he said that mechanically they're relatively simple but it's the bodywork yeah 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 you know that's potentially ruinous and sometimes that's difficult to assess yeah um you know in that in that pre-purchase scenario so um so yeah in, i mean that 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 Macler's car that was my first experience in a long bonnet car um yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's a high bar you know it is a high, it, high bar it might never get that good again <laughs> um but um but yeah it was it was lovely and uh yeah it's still i mean it's no closer for me now but it definitely um you know it affirmed my uh interest and desire in a you know in in air cooled 911s you know that started when i drove Simon's 3-2 earlier in the year and I had that you know epiphany and I thought wow these cars are really f- for me after all um and it only helped to you know sort of add uh, add to that still not for now I can't do it now but I'd love to in the future come on boys join the party come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right well with that in mind let's jump over to Maclo's and have a chat about uh, all things G-Body and Longbonnet we're going to speak to Greg and Matt Kenyon from Maclo's we are in Escondido, 
Is that how you say it? That yeah. is. It's pretty close. So yeah, Cal. Worse. Uh, okay, I'll take, I'll take that. <laughs> Hopefully I can say the name of the business right. Michaelos Classics. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That is. Michaelos, Excellent. Michaelos, yeah. Michaelos. So, uh, yeah, joined by Max, as always. As always. On part of this uh, SoCal tour that we're on. Uh, we are joined by uh, Matt and Greg from McHellos. Thanks for joining us, gents. Of course. Thank you. Super Thank you. duper. So, I think uh, the first thing everyone at home is probably going to be ans- asking is, what does McHellos mean? Makhellos, Makhellos. We call it McHellos yeah. just because it sounds better. <laughs> but um, it means flawless in German. Okay. Um, when we were first uh starting the business which was originally just like a buying and selling classic porsches um we were just looking up different words in german and looked up flawless and yeah landed on it and there it, it is was, yeah it, was it wasn't yes. anything it doesn't yeah, mean it's good flawless very yeah. good it's very good like it. i've uh, i've been here a few times now actually like mm-hmm. i've been privileged to know you guys for about six seven years yeah, yeah. um Crazy. you know i can i can vouch for what you guys do max it's your your first time it's my first time oh. yeah what, you, had a, what are your thoughts i've had a great day really good <laughs> really good fun such nice people are hanging out with Mark and Tom and all the guys. Yeah, I'm not sure how much work's been done today. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's guys, but we've had a really nice time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone's had a good time. Market. That was the goal for today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you're, you're you're right. I've I feel like I've certainly seen the business change over the years, and where there was like uh, the buying and selling the classics, then it went to mm-hmm. kind of more service work, and now you're very kind of project oriented for for classics. So yeah, so we're kind of trying to just do. We started with sales, then we started, we brought, you know, Tom and these guys on and they brought customers in for service. We were doing service for a while and we will still do some service as far as like restoration services, but we're trying to make all of our services at least restoration based or project based. Um, And then we're trying to do, still doing sales, so buying and selling and all that kind of stuff because that stuff comes up. So trying to mainly focus on the builds and sales. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark earlier on today in the in the workshop, fascinating. He the the way he documents all the work he does, which is great for the customer, great for the history of the car. Absolutely. But like, there have been some serious turnarounds where, like, I feel like he's saved that car from a bad ending. You know, like uh, rats hidden behind clocks and stuff. And <laughs> turn it, and you know, turn these cars, giving them a new lease of life. You know, yeah. almost like uh, protecting history. Yep. In, in in a way, and, and but then you go from that to what you do with like the hot rodding stuff, and mm-hmm. there's plenty of ways you can pivot, as yep. you know, Absolutely. with the classics. And if you know what you're doing, which clearly you guys do, it's down to the the customer, I suppose, to decide which path to go down. That's and right. mm-hmm. Plenty of fun to be had, I guess. Oh yeah, and, and it all comes down to the basics too, right? I mean, and, and Mark likes to break this down by system, so. He likes to work, you know, you focus on the brake system, you focus on the fuel system, you focus on engine, electrical. And at each one of those junction points, you determine where you want to pivot. And so if you know from the beginning that you're doing a hot rod, you know, you might want to do an aftermarket wiring harness. So you might want to go a little thicker gauge. You might want to go mill spec. Uh, Maybe you want bulkhead fittings so that you can drop the engine faster. and so it's those decisions that you need to know up front, you know, what path is this car traveling and really knowing your customer and, you know, having those design meetings up front, which is what we did for the blue car that you got to drive, um, you know, knowing at each key stage what to design, what you're looking for and what the customer wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. that was interesting chatting about the Albert Blue car earlier on, how the, the conversation with the customer started off as, is there a 
car that we can source or that we have or that you can buy mm-hmm. right. and a journey going to actually we should probably build a car mm-hmm. uh, and that's really interesting it to is. hear about mm-hmm. that journey mm. yeah I, it's been a lot of like learning the customer and it's also um i think for a while they were just kind of taking anything and everything for service and recently it's been more just hey is this client or customer someone that's going to want to do things correctly because a lot of people who just come in here like hey i just i just want this fixed that's it and that's not really what we we don't just fix it and make it good enough now we want everything to be you know 100 percent. or if they bring a car and at least their idea for the car is to hey i want to make this thing as good as it can be like that gold car that mark's working on in the back mm-hmm. it was a mess when it came in it's Still, we, we would like to be more project-based going further, but that's still a car that we saw. And we're like, hey, he, his goal is to make this thing as good as possible. And that's what these guys do. They're, yeah, right. they're very good at that. So I think the end goal for us right now is, hey, we want to just be doing projects, um, but we're still taking in customers who at least have the, the same, hey, I, I want to make this thing as good as possible. I'll do what it takes to do, do that. And I, you know, they'll, they all have been at least great customers in that way right yeah okay yeah so so what is it about the classics that you guys enjoy well i grew up with uh, I, my my father always had a, a classic porsche and so i didn't really even get into the newer ones or start driving the new ones until recently um but i like how just you can push them now like the newer cars you you drive them you can put you can't push them as far as they can go these cars a lot of them you can you know you can you can the mechanical side of them and just being able to drive them, push them to their limits um, where the newer cars, it's like, this is an awesome car, but unless I'm on a, I'm on a track, I'm not really going to push this thing to its right. limits and get the full effect of it. You're not going to drive a GT3 10 tenths on the, no. on street roads. Yeah. 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 Well, this is it, Greg, because like, you know, you were staying away from the mic. Um, you've had a couple of like non one GT3s, um, but didn't quite hit the spot so you're you know you're leaning and back towards the air cooled and, and like you're that air cooled 67 911 out there right. i mean it looks like an absolute firecracker it sounds like one as well <laughs> yeah, like find one. out tomorrow yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so i'll be interested yeah from your point of view like how you how your journey's gone yeah it's it's a visceral experience right and it's um it's something that when you've gone through various generations of these cars um you know they all have the same dna for the most part, but the characteristics vary differently. When you get into, you know, an F body, a long hood versus, um, you know, a G body, and you get up towards 964s and above, um, you know, we've always kind of focused on uh, long hoods here. It's just long kind of hoods our, and our into preference. The G bodies a bit, um, a little bit. early turbos. You know, we've we've got our favorites, mm-hmm. um, but it's you know, for me, it's it's that overall feel. I want to smell that burning oil. You know, I, I want leaks. I want to smear, smell fuel. I want, you know, that 915 transmission that, you know, you have to know quite well to be able to, to shift properly. Um, you're not speed shifting. Um, it's it's a whole package. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that's something that in, the, in some of the modern 911s, I haven't had that feeling. They're very well engineered and very efficient. Um, but I feel like maybe at times they've engineered some of that... Uh, some of that fun out of it. <laughs> yeah. Some I, of the air-cooled fun. I, and the mm-hmm. air-cooled, the air-cooled, I mean, at least all these cars, they're, well, the air-cooled cars, they all drive differently. Like, I can get an 80, 1980 SC and then go get another 1980 SC and they're going to drive differently. Whereas you get a, a newer car, it's like, they all drive the same 
And again, they're great cars. They're fun to drive. I've definitely had a lot of fun in them. But the nice thing about the old ones is they all drive differently. They all have their own characteristics to mm -hmm. them. And it's just fun. You're not getting in it knowing exactly what you're getting into every time. You almost have to get used to a car a little bit sure. when you get into it, which is, which, is, which is fun too, you know. So whether it's the one that we build is cool because we just could do a bunch of customization to it and make it what we want or getting in a classic car that is original like low mileage or car is just cool to see that aspect of like hey this is an 80 year old car that doesn't have any miles on it and it's it's still in almost its original condition and then go drive a hundred thousand mile car of that exact same car and that drives completely different yeah, it's just, yeah. there's, there's the different yeah. aspect of each one yeah. which is cool right some so. something you always say Lee, is that a, you know there are so many 911s there's a 911 for everyone Right. right now. And some of the things we've been talking about uh, today that I've been asking you about, mm -hmm. thinking about my own journey, been really interesting about, you know, the 915 box being, you know, an in intrinsic part of the mm. G body experience, maybe over G50. That was something right. I was interested in. And then we were talking about 991 GT3s. And, you know, people say, oh, I ordered mine with a manual because I want that analog sure. experience. Yeah, and you say, no, that doesn't quite work for me. You know, PDK <laughs> yeah, yeah. sits better in that car. Yeah. And it's right. just interesting to, to, to you know, to, to, think about those things right mm -hmm. it's nice to have those options too right yeah I mean, so many manufacturers are you know they've gotten away from the manual and then brought it back and you know of course porsche did that with the gt3 and decided well dot two has to have a manual yeah um even though the pdk is just flawless <laughs> i love there's, that box there's, there's definitely a 911 out there for for everybody mm -hmm. we've said previously on the podcast how we feel like porsche enthusiasts are almost starting to look back again now mm -hmm. it's not just about the latest model the latest model the latest model right. kind of fits with your ownership story greg really um we're definitely seeing a bit more of that in the uk people looking into the back catalog for their kind of porsche shaped thrills mm -hmm. does that correlate with what's going on in the states let's say you see a little bit of both right i mean everyone's seeking out um you know, the, the new special models will always stick out in people's minds mm -hmm. you know the the dakar and the st but you know, the, the surge that we've seen with air cooled has been phenomenal over the past even five years. Yeah. And we've, we've seen a lot of customers that have done exactly what you're saying. They've gone through a lot of the water-cooled stuff, and they just keep going to the next one, to the next one, to the next one, and then they're like, oh, let me try air-cooled out, and they're yeah. loving it. Um, yeah. It's like but they're it's just, chasing something. It's yeah, completely yeah. different. They're completely different cars. But it's just cool to see them, you know, going from one to the other. And a lot of them have both, but, you know, they – but just for a different reason. I mean, you can go drive a new 911 every day and there's no problem with it. Um, so, Yeah, it's finding your driving style and finding, like you said, every 911 can be different even if it's the same year, same mm -hmm. mileage. So finding that characteristic of that vehicle that fits for that person. You know, it could be a 73 versus a 74. It'd be completely different and someone will love that 74 far more than a 73 and a half. You know, it's still CIS. You know, it's, yeah. it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'd said uh, on our 60s and 911 episode recently, we were talking about the, the long bonnets. So um, for the benefit of the listener, Max and I were out in the Albert Blue build that you've just done, which started life as a 72T. And uh, there'll be a video on it soon, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I said on that podcast how I find with a long bonnet, it's a beautiful, beautiful car to look at. 
I'd be happy to take somebody else's car and go for a drive. Would I want to own one? Probably not. And it comes down to like the practicalities. Not a lot of them in the UK have aircon, by the way. And that mm. usually just means sweaty back. Yeah. Whether it's a five minute journey or an hour. Um, you know, would you want to drive it for three hours across the country? Probably not. You know, old spongy brakes and everything yeah. else. Um, driving that Albert Blue car today has completely changed my mind on that. Completely given me a different outlook on that car. And I think that's a car actually where could be quite usable for a lot of scenarios absolutely Obviously not daily driving you could do but i personally wouldn't um but for you know cars and coffee runs mm. a weekend through wales i could take that car and have a little yeah. bit of fun so I, I guess it's is the perception already does that is it evident or do you feel like um people already understand like how good those long bonnets are or does the audience generally need a little bit more coaxing you know well you know, I feel like, you know, everyone that we've talked to, I mean, they, they really like to, they love the looks of the long bonnet, long hood. Yeah. For us in the States. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they love the look and, you know, they, they see them with uh, some of the modern reinterpretations from Singer and whatnot, even though it's a totally different car, different mm -hmm. chassis. So they might be searching for that, that look, but not know what the, the drive feels like. And that's where you have to really know your audience and say, well, if you're looking for this this long hood look, but you want something a little more stable, maybe you want a, a backdated SC or a 3.2, or maybe you do want to bump up to a 9.64. But I, I think a lot of people steer in that direction, but may not know what driving a, a long hood is like, mm -hmm. a stock long hood. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. so that's where you know really knowing knowing the vehicles and knowing the customer and what they're looking for is what you have to dial in. Yeah. Yeah, and that car is, obviously it took a lot of work to get it to where it's at and to drive like that. Um, as far as the ride goes, not that big, it's a big ordeal, but it's not that big of a deal. It's more yeah. it's more of the engine in that thing and you know, a lot of the other aspects to it. But a lot of the long heads, you can make basically ride like that pretty easily sure. at AC and that's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah i mean it is, is there are definitely people who are like hey i like the look of that car i'm gonna go get one and they go get one that's all worn out <laughs> like yeah. that's not gonna ride this the way you not think feel great. yeah it doesn't ride as cool <laughs> but i mean right. they, but i still enjoy those some of those but like i'm used to those but people right. who are not like it's not you're not going to just go from a g-body to that and even a worn out g-body can ride pretty badly but yeah yeah most most of them are worn out and need redone and you know but yeah. That's what I think the, the, the long bonnet, the long hood. Sorry. <laughs> get the lingo right. Okay. Don't even get started on anti-roll bar versus sway bar. Oh, that's, no. a whole, that's a whole new can of worms. But we, we've, again, we've commented previously that um, first say like millennials and certainly like the Gen mm. Z, they didn't grow up seeing long hood cars. You know, it was, it was 996 and above. Yeah. It wasn't a poster on the wall. It was a car on a PlayStation game, right? Yeah. So, you know, there's this kind of, uh, we posed the question is going forward, will those long hood cars mean so much to, to as many people? Um, and again, where you're doing things like what you've done today, I think, you know, if you, if you, if you could get more people in the seat of them, right. I think that that's that's where the fun is you know and you mm. don't need like the big mm. nine and one whatever but it's like you know yeah. how how can we how can we um push that message to to the younger audience really because it's important that the young guys and girls can keep driving the old stuff you know right. that's, that's so important we're starting to see 
maybe not as much of the millennials, but we're starting to see a lot of the younger, the younger the millennials as well are starting to, around this area, they're definitely getting into them and they're, mm-hmm. they're desiring them. Um, but yeah, to push that crowd, just getting people in the seat of them or getting them yeah. around them, because they can run really good. They can drive really nicely. Mm-hmm. It takes work to do it, but when you're done with it, you're gonna be really happy. You're gonna have something that no one, not a lot of other people do, which oh. is a, another big part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, without doubt. People want what they can't have, and it's you can have it, but you know, there's not a lot of them on the road mm. like that. So, mm. yeah, I think you're, you know, the what you've been saying about taking the business in the direction of wanting to do projects mm-hmm. you know, rather than service restoration and that sort of thing. And that gives you the opportunity to build a brand exactly. that people will associate you with that kind of car, you know, that yeah. great driving long hood car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll think, okay, if I go to those guys, I can, you know, they can get me that sort of thing. They can right. get me that experience. And that's pretty cool. I can see why that, Absolutely. and that car's such a beautiful example of that. Yeah, well, it's converting me. As I said, turned up today, and my feeling prior was, you know, I like like long hoods, yeah. but I don't love them from from that um, practicality ownership point of view. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, you know, you're thinking, bloody hell, I might start looking at ninety seven yeah. yeah. now, you know, and and, yeah. and and that's the thing. And I just, I think that's what I'm trying to say. I just like want more people to really understand yeah. that, that those cars that we think are yeah, quite good but quite antiquated and not particularly mm-hmm. practical kind of can be. And, right. and yeah. it's a really that, good well, spot yeah. to be. I, yeah. I'm not sure if I've ever been in a long hood car before, you know, before today. Mm, Just thinking about it now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's a weird <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, I've, I've gone in, I've gone in quite a high bar here. That's that could right. be tricky for me going forward. Let's try one of those worn out ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 They're still fun, but <laughs> it's, it's a different yeah. 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 It's a bit, um, Andy, our podcast co-host, <laughs> We again we're chatting about nine nine ones one time, and he said, oh, "I don't think I've been in a nine. I don't think I've driven a nine nine one." And he goes, "Oh no, I did. I drove a nine eleven R. That's right. You've gone right in at the pinnacle of that generation. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Right there. You've got yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess that's what we're trying to say. Like we're absolutely loving what what you're you're doing there. If you can if you can keep doing that, then wow, it's going to be great to see so many of those cars." on the road and still yeah. enjoyed as intended you know like it's, it's a big thing because again it's perhaps something that we've not mentioned on the podcast yet is you know the cars that you're creating if you think of a a restored car or a project car a hot rod car it's not a singer style car or anything it still very much looks like a classic 911 and that's part of the genius i think you know mm. um, yeah that's one of our my favorite parts about it is like his 67 and the 73 that we just did because i I grew up with my, I mean, my father is really into low mileage original cars. So I love the original look of them, but sometimes I feel underpowered. They don't ride the best and stuff like that. So I think that's my favorite part about it is you give it still some of the original looks from the outside of his. Like it could technically still be close to original, but Much once you start really looking at it, it drives. You know, it's basically as good as you can make it drive, um, and it still has all the. I think that's one thing that will get the younger generation into it because I think if you get the younger generation going to drive some of these, like I said, worn out cars, they're not going to be into it. But they go drive something like that, Agreed. then they're like, Agreed. okay, well, because I don't, I don't think the younger generation appreciates as much the originality and this and the history. No. They're like, I don't care. I, I just want a nice, like, fun car to drive that looks good. Right. And I think this is a good way to do it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of what we're going for is we really like the original look of the cars. We're not trying to take away from that. Not trying to overdo that, 
but we want them to ride, drive, mm. really nice. Mm. Yeah. Well, the, the, the job you're doing is you're keeping those oldest 911s relevant. And that, yeah. that's massive, you know, from from an enthusiast point of view, from us lot looking right. in, uh, I think, yes, yeah, it's, it's huge, really. Yeah, yeah. I've thought on and off for, for a long time, you know, in my imagination when I'm thinking about stuff, how much I'd like a 76 Turbo, you know, because I was born in 76. So I think that would be really cool. So we turn up today and that car's here, you know, your, <laughs> your dad's car. And the interesting thing about that is just the little things, the stance looks amazing then you talk us through what you've done with the motor and that sort of thing just to make that a bit more a bit more peppy and i'm just looking at that car and i just think god that's just fantastic we just don't see enough in the uk no no it's just just for the benefit of the listeners so you know that was that's a beautifully restored mm. car and then you thought okay so we just need to just, just tweak it slightly so what have you done on, on that so on that one, all we did was this k27 turbo i don't think we changed the cams or anything on it we still wanted to keep it pretty original just K26 or the K25, what is it, K25 or K26? K25. K25 are just pretty sluggish. Um, so the K27 was just a good step up for it. And really that's all kind of we did to that car because it's still a 76 turbo that's original matching engine. We didn't want to take away from it at all. Yeah, if yeah, someone yeah. wanted to, they could take the turbo off and put the, right, the original right. one back on. But, um, yeah, it, that's one of those cars. It's like, hey, this one we want to leave original. Yeah, it's a really rare exactly. car. It's non-sunroof car it's it's a cool car so yeah which is fun too um yeah and a little bit of stance as well yeah right. it's got a little stance Still a yeah. few things that are yeah <laughs> yeah oh, it's lovely it's gorgeous little yeah. touches here and there yeah touches, yeah yeah so. exactly little touches yeah. in the macalose way all, yes. all yeah. reversible yeah yeah yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah 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 and you know with some cars i think that's really important mm -hmm. isn't it, it? Mm -hmm. you know you know because you're a custodian of those things mm -hmm. right aren't you? you know they they they're going to outlive us hopefully you yeah. know and and so that's that's an important yeah. thing to to be mindful mm -hmm. of yeah we're not trying to upset the, some of the community <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes we are. Car <laughs> my car will <laughs> but, but even then i mean it's the, not, it wasn't the original engine so yeah the, the approach there is also to be able to take it back to stock if yeah, needed you can. so mm. You know, no one in their right mind would think about hot rodding the 67S, uh, except for me. <laughs> but, you know, if I need to put the stock powertrain back in there and take the coilovers off, mm -hmm. not a problem. Yeah. That's what I mean. And, and it says a lot that um, you've stepped out of a modern GT3 in favor of 67S yeah. vibes, you know. It's, yeah, it's a big swing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the right one, clearly, for you, yeah. you know. Yeah. Before we sign off, I must talk about the very, very, very early car you've got in the room next door to us. Mm. That is that but, is going to be quite, well, it is quite something already. It's, it's history sitting there. Mm -hmm. Can you just talk through what it is, It's a where, where it's been, and what you're going to do with it? It's car 189, so it's uh, the... Um, 1964 911 it's the 189th 911 built um the second silver one and we're pretty sure the first silver one's destroyed i can't verify i can't guarantee that but I'm, from the research i've done it mm -hmm. no one really knows what's going on with that one so could be the oldest silver 911 in existence um but we're going to just do a full restoration on it we got the matching engine um not the matching trans, but it's pretty close. It's a 64 trans, um, and it's a pretty complete car to start Very off with. Complete so for that one will be. We're not trying to offend anyone on that one. We're definitely doing 100% <laughs> restoration yeah. on that. Everything's going to be original on it. But, um, yeah, we're really excited about that one. Cars like that are really cool to see, and that yeah. that gets me super excited because you're just it's history. You know, mm, it's, That is absolute history. Yeah. 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 So, a rare yeah. bird. So. A, a tantalizing prospect to see that one back on the road. So, um 
unfortunately for you guys, we're going to have to come back and yeah. <laughs> see how that yeah, is yeah. on yeah. the other side. <laughs> so, Let's do it. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, Matt and Greg here from Macalosh, thanks very much for chatting. Long bonnets for this. Yeah, right. <laughs> Thank thanks you. for having us. It's been great. Amazing. Good. Right then. So on to, and we, we did this rally up from uh, San Diego, called into LA Experience Center, and then on to Rensport Reunion for the the Rensport Rally, I think it was called. Was Is that right, Max? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Rensport Rally. Yeah, mine just went blank there. But yeah, we, we mentioned last week, we did that with Andrew Hoyt, who's a Driven Not Hidden Collective member, and, uh, and also James and Kale as well, who put all of that together. James and Kale hailing from uh, Motor Futara. So give them a follow on Instagram um if you can so yeah good fun i think what was there 15 or 16 mostly air-cooled porsches going up the, the west coast to monterey yeah that was pretty cool wasn't it a pretty cool convoy and a lot of it, fun it was a hell of a lot of fun it has to be said like yeah many miles covered in a day and just every single one of them a joy yeah 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 and uh tell me because i i spent um all day driving our our rig um our nissan frontier but you were lucky enough to um, spend a bit of time in in the Macalos, uh 76 Turbo. And uh, I've got a little bit of a, well, I think a lot of people have got a fascination with them, certainly of my age, because it's such, you know, it's the iconic Porsche 911, really, isn't it? And the fact that theirs is 76, and I was born in 1976, you know, the idea of the birth year car, you know, there's some appeal in that, isn't there? And I don't think I've seen a more beautiful 70, you know, 911 Turbo than theirs. Bit yeah. of stance on it, but otherwise, and a and a and a modded turbo to get a bit more drivability and power out of it. Bit of stance, otherwise stock, but beautifully restored at Macalos. It's actually Matt's dad's car, isn't it? What That's was it, that like? Yeah. Beautiful, yeah. So it's had a, it's a K twenty seven turbo on it. It's been lowered slightly. Uh, in being a seventy six, it's the first year the turbo was allowed in the states, uh, or came to the the states before it was banned for a couple of years in the in the early eighties. So, yeah, it's got like high historical significance, really. I've said before on this podcast, I absolutely adore 930s, particularly the three litre, you know, with the four speed, which is exactly what that car was. Absolutely great fun. Um, and to be honest with you, I said earlier on, you know, with David's car, the uh, 3.6 litre long bonnet originally started as a as a 72T was probably the 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 car I most wanted to drive up, you know, from San Diego to, to Monterey. I thought he had the most fun. But, I mean, the turbo, even at a, however old that is now, you know, 50 years nearly, still just like the yeah, ultimate. Yeah, yeah, I'm only 47, man. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Knocking on 50's door. It's coming, brother, it's coming. <laughs> um, it, it, it's just the car for, for all occasions, wasn't it? It could, do, it could do everything, you know, as we're crawling through LA traffic, it was fine, uh, even for an air-cooled car. Uh, pushing on and we got up into the twisties it was good fun you do have to work it more because it's easy to fall off the boost on it mm-hmm. um so again remembering to just hold on to the gears and, and living up in the top revs is, is the way forward but just the most awesome characterful car they are aren't they yeah yeah lovely thing yeah yeah really cool really really cool i was hoping to spend a bit more time so another car so greg from from Maclos, uh he had that 76 911s hot rod which is seven. 67 sorry yeah what year did i say 76 76 there, there's there's the jet lag coming in thick and far. <laughs> um yeah you know i mean again i just think typical murica 911 s you, you don't you don't you don't hot rod those cars you know but greg has and that's what i absolutely love about it you know um just having the balls to do it and and that car i only drove it very briefly 
basically some like 996 GT3 mods uh, to the car. It was extremely hot and peppy, that car. And again, short wheelbase, skinny tyres. I had a, a drive for about an hour and a half in it with Jenny, Greg's wife. And really, we just kind of got onto the freeway. So pulled out of the fuel stop, went through the gears, one, two, three, four, five, left the gears until our next stop. So I didn't really get to know the car particularly. Yeah. From from just that drive, it, it felt like an incredible car. And again, like just doing something you wouldn't normally do or associate with, like again, a high value or highly historically significant car like that. Just loved it. So I really hope to go back and explore that a little bit more. Yeah, that's a proper California uh hot rod nine eleven, isn't it? Definitely. Um, you know, real, real cool thing. I think it's um is it three and a half liters? It, yes, three point five. Yeah. It's ended up at has to be, you know, with uh, quite a lot of 996 gt3 in there as you say you know talk about hot rod 911 engines like yeah. the gunther car that one when greg the day before when we were with them when he was ripping it up and down outside the shop i mean that thing just sounded incredible yeah didn't it? Yeah, absolutely it incredible yeah it, it um, sounded like a gt3 didn't it it sounded like a gt3 went like a gt3 but looks like a short wheelbase 911 in yeah. bright orange yeah um I mean, Greg did point out that if he if he if he wanted to, he could take all the hot rod bits out and you know take it back to a stock car. But you know that's not his jam. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So but I think yeah, yeah, cool we car. should we should cross over and because Max and I did record a little something at this point. I do just want to throw in a slight caveat that um, we'd been up since about three o'clock that morning. It was a long day. There were a lot of miles, so we were. There's a danger we might be speaking slightly more guff than usual. I, don't, I can't yeah, really remember what was covered, to be honest. I've really forgotten about this. Is this where you shoved the microphone under, under my nose and we're driving up the one? Yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God knows yeah. what we were talking about there. Not a, <laughs> not a nonsense, <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as ever, listener, we'll, we'll let you decide. But this this was, uh, yeah, taken from the Rensport run en route to Rensport. Apologies so. in advance. And James Bullen, I might sound even more shot to bits than I did in the other one that you commented on the other day. So uh, the Rensport, post-Rensport one. So apologies in advance. Amazing, amazing. Brilliant. Um, we're recording. Yes, we are, yeah. Don't concentrate on the goddamn road. <laughs> So we're in the rig. Goddamn microphone. <laughs> Shoved in my face. Yeah. Alrighty then. We're currently travelling up PCH. We are en route to Rensport Reunion 7, which is the reason all three of us and a certain contingent of Ironworks members or Driven or Hidden Collective folk have come over as well. Uh, we're in a hired rig currently. Unfortunately, it's not Porsche Exotica, but we're following plenty as part of the Rensport run put together by Driven or Hidden Collective member Andrew Hoyt. Uh, Max is at the wheel of the rig currently. How's it going, bro? Rolling. We're hauling. <laughs> We're hauling. We are. We are. We're keeping on trucking. So uh, we've got plenty coming up on this episode for you. Max, is. Um, we've got plenty coming up for you on this episode. Andy's going to join us a little bit later on. He is making his way down to Laguna Seca from San Francisco. We are working our way up to Monterey and Laguna Seca from San Diego. So it's been a super early start as part of this 450 mile Rensport run with a host of other Porsches called by both air and water, although we are predominantly Luftgekult today. Uh, Max, you and I have been over in the West Coast, um, SoCal mainly really, for the last few days now, soaking up California car culture. What have you made of it? It's the first time you've been back for 25 years. It is the first time I've been back for 25 years and I absolutely love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. It's uh, 
we're literally living the California dream. <laughs> um, you know, you see street park three five sixes. That doesn't happen uh, even when you live twenty minutes away from Vista Heritage, like I do. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, for me, the big thing I've seen is whereas in the UK we have Sunday drivers. Quite naturally, good weather brings out good cars, and in this part of the world where the local folk are blessed with good weather, we see cars a lot more often, like nice cars, as you said, curbside 356s and, and air-cooled cars, and it really has been a joy to see that, to be honest with you. However, other end of the scale, how many goddamn 992s have we seen, particularly around the LA area? I think the, uh, the Porsche Drive initiative feels like it's been very successful. Yeah. So there are a lot of people rolling around in, uh, you know, base Carreras, and they look very happy. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point you made, actually, because we've not spied too many 991.2s, but we've seen a lot of 992s, which would suggest there is a, a short-term programme slash churn initiative uh, kind of carrying out here. But outside of kind of uh, right by the sea, really, Santa Monica, Venice Beach part of LA, we have seen plenty of air-cooled, Porsches still rocking and still looking absolutely fantastic yeah. 30 years plus after they were new. Yeah, I mean, I guess there is a little bit of a Ren Sport effect as well, but, um, you know, even last week when we were on the 405, you know, you'd occasionally get a flash of a long bonnet. Yeah. You know, an ivory long bonnet going the other way on the 405, and that's just a great thing to see. It looks right. Yeah. It's appropriate. Definitely, definitely. So we were talking about uh, aspirations and cars and plans at dinner last night. And uh, I, had a, I had a pairing in mind. I was going to throw you a quick question based on what we've seen and what you've driven and where, what's that, what it's making you think. Give me a quick uh, air and water pairing that you would like right now, right here. What you think? Right here, from what I've seen or for when I'm back Just, in reality? Um, yeah, back in reality, taking a bit of a California vibe. What would you like on yeah, your driveway? Uh, one air, one water. One air, one water. I'd, I'd keep Little Irish. Uh, I would pair that with something air-cooled and actually something G-bodied. Yeah. Or, or even, dare I say, and this is complete contradiction to a couple of episodes ago, Long Bonnet. No. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to speak to the guys at Macalos Classics very shortly, but they kindly lent us a uh, hot rod Long Bonnet. Started life as a 72 911T got some various bits and pieces done to it which we'll highlight shortly but uh, you and I were out in that car yesterday and that completely altered my brain in terms of the um, everlasting appeal of the long hood with the right sort of improvements yeah you know I've, I said previously I love the look of the long bonnet it's that unmolested original 911 or 901 Genesis completely true to Bootsy Porsche's design however in the modern world would I want to do a three hour drive in one not really that car completely changed that for me. So, yeah, definitely California has made me yearn for an air-cooled, earlier air-cooled 911 in, in a way I've not never quite appreciated before. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and what, what about yourself then? What's your uh, current? Well, you know, I've got this hankering for a uh, 3.2 Targa, and that's only been strengthened by, uh, by being out here. Um, until yesterday, I don't think, and I'm still sure of this I'd never been in, in a long bonnet car before and we were in that um, in, in that 72 build for about five minutes and I thought this is awesome yeah I really really like this so that's only strengthened the appeal of that but talking to some of the guys out here um, I now feel more open to the idea of 915 I think I'd still like a 3.2 Targa 
but I'm uh, I'm thinking more and more about 915 boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so that would be I definitely want that to be you know an air cooled in my air cooled future if you like. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to pair that with, I think ideally a 991.1 Screamer GT3. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good pairing to be fair. Like, you know, there's a lot of bases covered with those two cars. Yeah. And again, it's fantastic that those two, the only thing they really have in common is the fact they say 911 on the, on the deck. Yeah, head. yeah, yeah. It's kind of about it, but they're kind of uh, different sources at the table, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be very happy, I think, with that pairing. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, again, where we are, it's almost like a Porsche utopia. If you live out here, by the way, and you listen to this, you really are. I think you, you may you may not appreciate or realise just how lucky you are. Um, there's so much kind of Porsche uh, automotive uh, excellence all around, really, and you've got the right weather and the right roads, really, to kind of enjoy those and get the most of it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I think the strengthening of the Targa appeal for me isn't just a California thing. There's as much... Um, you know, a, a version against Targa's out here as there is at home, it turns out, from talking to people. You mm-hmm. know, there are Coop people and Targa people, uh, even in California. Yeah. Uh, but I still, I'd still love a G-Body Targa. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. We're, we're, we're definitely uh, ensconced in California vibes and picked up a fair few things. And, and maybe as the, as the episode kicks on, we'll explore maybe the differences between California car culture and, and the UK. I know we touched on it a year ago when Andy came out here for Luft, but I think uh, we've got a little bit more to add to the uh, pot these days with the three of us having been here and spent such time in and amongst California car culture. You know, we've been to uh, like private evening parties at Guntworks. We've been to uh, Sunday morning cars and coffees. We've been on uh, lower key drives with friends. So I really do feel like we've got a pretty good... Uh, scope for what goes on here in terms of Porsche car culture anyway I think we have I think we've been uh, we've fully immersed ourselves in the scene yeah the culture there's no doubt about that definitely and the people as well I mean what a great time we're having with these guys without a doubt without a doubt it's been absolutely superb so yeah we we look forward to taking you guys at home on the journey and uh, yeah for now we'll keep heading north to Monterey and Rensport Reunion 7 keep my eyes on the road (laughs) Ah, oh, cool, man. Well, hopefully you're still listening uh, to that. So we'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, yeah, rad. Absolutely rad. I think it's probably worth uh, pointing out that post Rensport again, Andy, you went off to spend some time with some bears in Yosemite, which looked did. outrageous, mate. Yeah, bears in the backyard. It was crazy. It was outrageous. Story for for the first time. time, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, Max and I, we pushed on up north, proper north cow, really. Um, over to Sharkworks to see Alex and the legendary Ralph as well. Oh, lots of so we, lots of F O M O going on for me, I'm afraid. Even though I was in Yosemite, I was yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it, what was nice, and uh, again, you know, another funny quote from Max. So we'd, we'd um, most of our stuff to that point was air cooled. Uh, yeah. Again, there just seemed, seemed to be more of it around that we managed to dive into. But it was nice to finish with some nine nine sevens and some hot. 997s yeah. that proper gt products and uh i loved it we pulled up to alex's uh, well no we pulled up to trinks cafe first of all didn't we and um yeah there's a couple of these sharkworks gt cars sitting there max just sighed and i said is everything all right and he just went oh i can see i'm gonna end up buying another fucking 997 after today <laughs> aren't I? and it was like on first on first sight of them you know like that's just that's a generation that really kind of captures your heart max doesn't it yeah 
Yeah, 997 Evangelist. Still, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So go on then, Max. What was your opinion after a fantastic day of like some serious canyon carving and those Sharkworks products? I felt very at home, I've got to say. I felt that we were in my territory, um, albeit they were GT cars. Of course, I've never owned a GT 997. But um, I had such a such a good time. Such a good time. I spent quite a lot, I spent quite a lot of time initially riding with uh Ralph, the legendary Ralph, uh, who was the uh who was the leader in his well, this is a uh Gen 1 997 GT3 narrow body, but with a full Sharkworks build on it and a gazillion miles. It's done intergalactic miles, hasn't it? And uh, Ralph pedals it barefoot and he drives it hard. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah. And that was brilliant. So I, I was I was totally blown away by that but i spent a bit of time in each of the cars and um i think you know even more than the time in any of the other cars which i was totally charmed by i just desperately wanted uh 907 gt3 yeah. um afterwards I, I i really did they're just they're just brilliant and, and my yeah. last little ride in their latest rs 4.1 build um i don't think i've ever been in a car more special than that Oof, um, Max, that's high praise i know i know it was i mean i um you know i haven't had the breadth and depth of experience that you know that you boys have had in in, in porsches but that thing i mean i can't imagine what could be much better than that you know that particular car or that particular you know build that that that, that shark works offer it was so um so special you know and so oem plus as well yeah, yeah. Uh, you know that's one of the things that i really liked about it being a bit of an oem guy you know as a you know, it's a it's, it's a hot rod, no doubt about it. You know, in the truest Californian Porsche hot rodding sense, but it feels like it could have been built by Porsche. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's definitely. taken their best and refining it even more. An well, that, incredible thing. Yeah, you know, Alex. Uh, Alex said to us, didn't he, uh, from Sharkworks, Alex Ross, that um, you know, Porsche make the the very best cars. There's no doubt about it, and, and all Sharkworks does is fine-tune them for people that are as crazy and potty about driving in that manner as they are, which I think yeah. is a really a really good way to, to summarise. So there were three cars with us on on the day. There was, yeah, Ralph's 997.1, uh, 4.1. Obviously, as, as Max said, started as a, a 3.6 litre. So there was a lot of work to bring that up to the, the Sharkworks 4.1 spec. It is narrow-bodied, etc., there was uh, a 997.2 GT3 RS, started life as a 3.8, has now has the full fat Sharkworks 4.1 litre um, and chassis. We were basically helping run that car in. That's what we were doing. So that's about to kind of be delivered to a customer shortly. Uh, Scott, who we met on the day, actually, and Top Top Guy. Cheers for lunch, Scott, as well. Yeah, um, thank you, Scott. Yeah, and then lastly was kind of like uh, Alex's Skunk Works car. So it was a 997.2 GT3, still in 3.8 litre factory form, couple of bits of fettling on it, uh, namely like it had a Sharkworks soundtrack. Um, and Alex has been playing around with the chassis on that for what will be a future GT3 Touring-esque vibe. So it was on tractive suspension. That's being fine-tuned, but already they're onto a winner with that. The fixed rear wing was taken off. There was a ducktail on, but again, like that's that's we we were driving an embryonic prototype, really. Yeah. So three very different expressions of nine nine seven, but all equally as intoxicating as as the other, really. Um, 
yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time with Alex in the car as well, and that was really in the in the in the touring prototype, if you like. Um, and I mean, what a lovely man for a star. Yeah. Um, you know, absolutely charmed by Alex, but really interesting to you know to think about because you, you can look at those cars at face value and you know how can you how can you do better than an RS three point eight or how could you even consider you know trying to do something that someone might stand up against you know an RS four liter but you know the, the things that Alex talks about which really makes sense is that you know no manufacturer not even the GT department not even Andy Proyer and his team have got unlimited time and unlimited budget to refine and continually develop these cars you know these cars have to be delivered to a time and to a worldwide market and to a budget and what Alex and the team at Sharkworks have been able to do is spend time going to the nth degree on individual components that make up those cars and just taking them that bit further you know and they don't have the same con- constraints in in any of those respects of time or money yeah or, yeah or, they're, they're, they're they're free from the shackles of mm. that porsche motorsport has to contend with it's probably the best best way to look at it isn't it yeah y- you know yeah yeah and they're, i mean they're just turning out these beautiful things i think like for for me if there was one Porsche I mean I didn't get to drive it on the day but there's a uh, Alex's own car is the uh Riviera no it's Mexico is it Mexico Riviera I think it's Riviera actually Riviera blue with orange accents um that you've driven before you've driven that car I've driven it a couple of times yeah I drove it 2015 and 2018 and um I mean I love how that car looks the colors for a start but again like what's gone into it and actually, since I've driven it last in 2018, Sharkworks, like now these days, part of the full fat Sharkworks package is um, they've played with the gearing. So the 997s have basically got uh, cup gears one and two. So they're longer and then shorter gears three through three through five. Um, phenomenal car. And that's on the blue one. And uh, I just I adore that car. It's my favorite car on planet Earth, actually. Uh, but again, if you said to me, uh, you know, you can only have one Porsche or uh, commonly put to me, what's your favourite Porsche? I just say 959 because it's well up there, but everyone knows about it. It's easier than saying, have you heard of a company called Sharkworks? Well, they do these things to RSs, whatever. But one one Porsche for me that I could have and only drive that car until the day I die would absolutely be a Sharkworks 4.1. No doubt about it. Praise indeed. High praise indeed. But, you know, having been in two of them now, um, you know, I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, would love one. Please, Alex, please <laughs> do me a deal. <laughs> Build me one for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe we could have the UK presser. Alex could oh. build it, stick it on a boat, and we could, um, <laughs> you know, hawk it around the place. Yeah, yeah. What about yeah. that? Sharkworks UK. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, so with that in mind, we should plug our Patreon. <laughs> uh yeah no that was that was great um i think we should probably sign off from our our kind of yeah u.s chat what we what we've learned really from our our california car culture extravaganza shall we just uh quickly finish with a gem of the week max yes only one only one yeah 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 well my first thought i was thinking about (laughs) did you go for american gem of the week well, no, 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 no. no I've, um, American vibes. I've stuck. 
I've stuck to the rules. I suppose I have got some American vibes in there. The first thing I thought of without even looking was I wondered if that um, RS 3.8907 is still at Paragon. And if so, can we get it on a boat over to Sharkworks? Yes, yes. <laughs> so that was one thought. But then actually, as I was looking just to check that, I did happen across something which is a bit kind of Cali vibes, I thought, which I hadn't seen before. At, um, at RPM, they've got a 993 which has been uh, built, uh, if you like, you know, built for driving effectively is even how they're advertising it. Uh, but it's been refined visually with an S front end um, and it's got a short ratio box. It's got a sleepy diff, lightweight clutch, suspension. Um, and it's um, it's, in, it's in a colour that I hadn't seen before, stone green metallic. It's a really cool looking car, which I could imagine with a California yellow and black plate on the back and no plate on the front really interesting car it's mm. got um recaros in it uh super cool car definitely definite um hot rod vibes really nice it's 80 grand um i thought i might it's so interesting i wondered if i might go over and have a look at it ask alex if i can go alex and greg if i can just go see it not to buy it just because it looks fascinating so that sounds like uh yeah like good a good move for the 993 platform i think you know that's quite it's quite open to being quite playful i think if you can fettle it a little bit and just tease a little bit more out of what's already in the box and that that sounds like the right areas have been addressed i would say yeah yeah really cool looking thing and yeah that yeah as you say yeah, yeah the right isn't it yeah yeah love that i love a, a yeah. sort of khaki type green yeah yeah that's a really good looking car yeah yeah it's very cool so yeah so two two cali vibes in the uk there for gem of the week lovely 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 and it's it's got a hasn't it got um body colored wheels as well a vote for body colored wheels another vote for body colored wheels paging uh james good yeah <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah. Oh, james sorry james <laughs> have we got any spread the loves to finish off this episode i've got one go on um acme coffee roasting company I'm not sure if it counts as <laughs> Pacific so Grove or Monterey, but if you're over there for Car Week or, you know, any event at Laguna, if you're a car guy or Pebble Beach or whatever, then seek out Acme Coffee Roasting Company for really excellent coffee and some good eats as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Really, really, really cracking place, which um, Sarah found it, didn't she, Andy? Did, did she yeah. 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 Sarah, yeah, the, just... uh, the coffee finder found Yeah, Acme, and yeah. Uh, we went there twice. We tried to go a third time, didn't we? But it was closed, unfortunately. But yeah, really cracking place. That's where I'll be going next time I go to Monterey. That's where I'll be going. Cracking. Yeah, great shout. Um, in similar vein to that, Max, I'm going to give my spread the love this week to Trinks Cafe up in that. Uh, it's it's in very much Sharkworks territory, and um, it's in a place. It's spelled Gualala, but we think it's pronounced Hualala. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows there? But it's it's in proper proper Sharkworks territory. That and what I will say is, not only is the coffee and particularly the food exceptional, it's also a really good start point to then go off and explore some roads that are absolutely outstanding absolutely outstanding you can follow them right the way up into oregon really if you keep going the, the the roads will keep going all day long as long as you're prepared to attack them so those roads are incredible aren't they the the pch1 at that point as we discovered is spectacular epic yeah. beautifully yeah. surfaced but you go in land like we did following ralph you know ralph leading the you know 
leading the pack. Charge, leading the pack. I mean, what incredible roads they are. Those those roads. The only way you can describe them is utterly ludicrous. Sim- mm. Simple as that. But Trink- Trinks is a good place to start and fuel up. So, Agreed. Uh, and that's a great what about, show. What about yourself, Andy? Uh, I've got one that I feel a fraud because it's not coffee or food related. I'm afraid it's um, <laughs> it's Carbone for allowing us to have a little um, meeting on Friday with all of the Jib uh, Not Hidden Collective. Um, and also, um, Powell has um, said that he'll sort out a little discount for us. So I'm, I'm just waiting to hear back from him for a, a discount code for, for Carbone. Great right. shout. Great shout. Yeah, Pavel, funny guy as well. He's hilarious, isn't he? As we oh, found out. Great set, great sense of humor. Yeah, spot on. All right, gents. Uh, look, yeah, that's our kind of uh, California special. We found it quite cathartic, I think, in talking about all of this, um, particularly as Max and I have come back. Andy, we wish you a safe flight home in the next couple of days, buddy. And we look Thank forward you. to seeing you on uh, on UK Terra Firma very soon. For now, thanks for listening to Not Much Radio. This episode was brought to you by our very kind Driven Not Hidden Collective. If you would like to join the collective to get further access and rewards within the Nineworks community, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Nineworks. You can also support us by leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast app.